Well, interruptions, they are a part of our everyday lives. And I know, because I have a toddler. <laughs> As we sat there yesterday uh, in the morning, I thought I was going to bake a loaf of bread and enjoy the day, and instead we spent four hours in the urgent care. <laughs> Lexi had dropped something on his toe, and we as parents had no idea what we would do about it. They said, when you have kids, these kind of things happen. And to think people will actually have more than one at a time. <laughs> uh, the interruptions, they come no matter how well we plan or how well we think things through. Interruptions seem to find their ways into our plans and our expectations. Matter of fact, entire technology business models are built completely off of interruptions. Consider the technology of a mobile phone. What used to be used as a device to primarily send and receive phone calls is now a device that will connect you to text messages, GPS, emails, and all kind of other alerts. And you know what? When the alerts come in, we check our phones. Clearthinking.com quotes a recent study that says that at every email notification, 40% of people will actually open it within the first three seconds. We just don't get away from interruptions, do we? From interruptions in technology to interruptions in our daily lives, our ordinary schedules, our habits, we see them everywhere. They are a part of our lives, even our life of faith. Last week, we looked at a res restoration narrative where a courageous woman is instantaneously healed. Through her healing was an interruption to the request of a father who waits on Jesus to restore his daughter before it's too late. The interruption causes a delay and that results in a sick daughter's death. Jairus, the father, has a deadline for his daughter's healing, and Jesus knows this. And yet Jesus is okay with being interrupted by the courageous woman with the chronic illness. He talked about our instantaneous healings, about the interruption caused by the delay and you know what? Jairus doesn't like delays. And for most of us, neither do we. I suspect that if I were to take a poll, many of us would much rather experience God through instantaneous encounters. Encounters that follow our timelines, the, the exact nice, neat way that we would like to see it happen. We want to be like the courageous woman, healed and delivered and on our way, on our terms. But often enough, life feels interrupted, a lot like Jairus. Have you experienced or had experience like this? You see, the Christian life seems to be a life that 
has a kind of waiting, a kind of interruption built into it. As if it has interruptions that are already scheduled. That's why we see so many of the psalmists say things like, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits in hope. Or wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. We even have a whole season of waiting, Advent, where we wait on the arrival of Jesus. Jesus is no strong stranger to waiting, and neither are we. Jesus is often, uh, he is often discerning and meaningful in the interruptions, probably a little bit more than we are. You see, throughout the gospel narrative, he is interrupted all the time. Jesus is interrupted about questions about prayer. He's interrupted by men seeking healing for their friend. He is interrupted by a tax collector who may want a change in life. He is interrupted by a lawyer wanting to justify himself. He is interrupted by the outcasted man from Gerasene. He is interrupted by a bunch of children playing in the marketplace. He is interrupted by hungry crowds, by religious elites. He's even interrupted by parents of sick children. Jesus' ministry is a ministry of constant interruptions. And the thing that stands out to us is that Jesus is not thrown off by the interruptions. He allows himself to be interrupted and also interrupts the lives of those around him so that each can be strengthened in faith. Consider your own faith story. When we think about our faith lives, the time before encountering the life-changing power of the gospel, our lives were on a certain trajectory. We were along on our way, living our best life as we saw fit. But along the way, you encounter the interrupting power of the gospel narrative, the story and life of Jesus, and your spirit quickened. Faith was birthed in you, and it interrupted your way of living and being in this world. Your life was and continues to be on a new trajectory. Jesus interrupts our lives. He is the interrupting Christ whose work disrupts our status quo in order to bring new life. And I think this morning we can learn a lot from Jairus and from Jesus about life interruptions. Not every moment of interruption is a life-giving moment. And not every moment is a life-changing experience. After all, how many of us have checked our cell phone today alone? Maybe seeing an email and expecting it to be something important only to find out that it is an email from Target who has a 20% off sale on dish towels. <laughs> for most of us, that's not a life-changing situation, although for some of us it might be. <laughs> But the life-changing moments that we see from Jesus involve people going about their day 
and about their lives, encountering myriads of experiences that are challenging and heartbreaking. And these moments are the fertile ground for divine moments where we may experience life-giving moments together. Here is the truth. Every one of those moments has the potential to be a divine moment. As poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning rightly states, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. In other words, these divine moments are waiting to be discovered everywhere and will be discovered for those who are open to see. The moments are there. They are waiting. As surely as we are waiting, we only need to take time to see them. Do you see them? Pastor and author Shane Claiborne in his book, Follow Me to Freedom, reflects on his experience with interruptions. He says this, most days our life in Philly feels like one interruption after another. It is packed with surprises. A knock on the door, an emergency, or a kid who wants to show us the first sunflower bud. It seems that there are the very things that so many of us try to squeeze out of our lives. We love predictability. We don't want anything to alter our course, even if we know there is something beautiful on the other end of the interruption. I think he's right. Even if the possibility of something beautiful coming out of our choice to allow interruptions, we may still not be open to see it. Predictability seems to be more palatable than divine possibility. You see, altering our course means that we acknowledge our own limitations of what we can control. It means that we open ourselves to realize that God, who is always at work, is at work, maybe in and especially through some of the interruptions. The pandemic has taught us and continues to teach us that much. The impact of this pandemic has interrupted our daily lives so much. And right when we think that we have neared its end, it continues to impact us in new ways. Unwanted interruptions. And there's not much that we can do about it. But perhaps in the interruption, surprising things are allowed to happen. For some, spouses have been able to spend more time together due to businesses allowing them to work from home. Our children have had opportunities to work at school and both home, learning how to do collaborative work together, even if they are distant. And perhaps our health and safety and vulnerable populations have been checked on more now than ever, than, than other, ever before. Our parents have been able to zoom in and to FaceTime with grandparents, probably more now than they did before 
the pandemic began two years ago. Each of these have been opportunities that perhaps laying there waiting to be discovered. And yet it is in the interruption that our eyes are open to see. The interruption of a pandemic has opened the door to encounter God and each other in unique ways. And it has created opportunities for us to experience the divine work because we need to see God at work. And we have needed to see God at work. And we were invited into that work. Jairus, in his waiting for Jesus, was witnessing a miracle. God at work. Right there in front of him. As that woman was healed from her disease. And that interruption resulted in her healing, which he almost did not receive himself. Because being open to divine interruptions means that we must be open to doing and seeing things differently. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do. Kristen and I have been rummaging through the old 90s shows that were popular back in the day. And one of the shows that we started watching uh, was uh, the political drama West Wing. And the uh, main character there, Jed Bartlett, is in face with a moral and ethical decision and he doesn't know what to do so he calls in his former priest and after sharing his his uh, dilemma the the priest sat there for a minute and says you know what you remind me of the man that lived by the river he heard a radio report that the river was going to rush up and flood the town and that all the residents should evacuate their homes but the man said i'm religious i pray god loves me god will save me and the waters rose up. A guy in a rowboat came along and he shouted, hey, hey you, you in there, the town is flooding, let me take you to safety. But the man shouted back, I'm religious, I pray, God loves me, God will save me. A hel helicopter was hovering overhead and a guy with a megaphone said, hey you, you down there, the town is flooding, let me take you to safety. And he says, I'm a religious man, I pray God will save me. Well. The man drowned. And standing at the gates of heaven, he demanded an audience with God. Lord, he said, I'm a religious man, I pray, and I thought you loved me. Why did this happen? And God said, I sent you a radio report, a helicopter, and a guy in a rowboat. What are you doing here? <laughs> the man missed God because he wouldn't be open to the new ways that God might engage him. I wonder where we might be in that story. For Jairus, Jesus healed the woman, but God wanted to do more than that. God wanted to raise his daughter from the dead. And in this, Jesus shows that Jairus is not, that God is not only a healer, but also has the power of resurrection. And that work is being done right there in front of him. Will he be open to see it? Will we? And so my question for you, which is also an invitation, is where are you this morning? 
And in what areas of your life have you been hesitant to divine interruptions? Perhaps it is a conversation with that person you know that you have walked by countless numbers of times without saying a word. Or perhaps it's going an extra step or two for someone who has asked or request something from you. Or perhaps it's listening compassionately to the fears and doubts and concerns of a stranger, somebody you've just met. Or maybe it's just taking a break from your normal routine to stop and to breathe and to rest in God's presence throughout the day. Therein lies an invitation, an invitation to explore friendship, an invitation to have our prejudices dismantled through new relationships, an invitation to join the work that God is doing among us. And you know what? Maybe nothing comes of the moment, at least not in the way that we might expect. But if we're open, perhaps, just maybe, we may find ourselves experiencing a few more interruptions, meaningful ones, and just maybe a tidbit more of an awareness of the presence of God in them. The lyrics to our song of response can be found on the front of our worship guide. And I invite you to read them silently as they are sung for us today. <laughs> 